Not Cursed and Beeb today. It is Cursed and Mitch McLennigan. And we have an hour of power, an hour of cricket for you this afternoon. We've been talking Super Smash. Of course, we had Auckland Aces assistant coach Luke right on earlier. If you missed it, go back and listen on the app. And now we have broadcasting extraordinaire, Spark Sport commentator, broadcaster, anchor, Scotty Stevenson joining us on the line as well. Scotty, thank you so much for your time. How are you on this Waitangi Monday? Not too bad, actually, uh, team. I'm just uh, standing on the beach at Waipu Cove, actually, having come back from Wellington this morning. So I figured I'd just take in most of the North Island in one day and just really enjoy it. Geez, that, uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds absolutely terrible, mate. Geez, I was, Is the weather good up there? <laughs> well, the sun's finally trying to break through, but I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but, you know, any day on the beach is perfect, really. So happy day. Well, let's talk about the women's uh, Super Smash competition because we know who's going to be playing in the elimination final. Otago Sparks against the Canterbury Magicians. Is this what you expected at the start of the season? The blaze to go through and just be blazing the whole competition? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, given the blaze and what, eight white uh, eight white involved in the blaze <laughs> campaign, and, and you know and that, that includes a couple who were surplus to requirements for the World Cup, still there, the likes of Luke Casper. Mm. They're an extraordinary side, and of course, yesterday we saw them get beaten for the first time uh, in 20 matches. So a 20 match unbeaten run for the Blaze, going back to uh, the final before last. It's been an incredible, incredible run for Lance Dry and Luke Woodcock's team, but. Um, ultimately thrilled for the Hearts to get a victory um, and keep their hopes alive. They were alive at least until the Sparks today uh, managed to go back-to-back against the Magicians, which I would not have picked, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, And the Magicians must be scratching their head. I think they would have thought when the World Cup squad was announced and they lost one player in Leah Tahuhu that they would be uh, certainly in the box seat to to spring a surprise. And they may still well do, uh, but I don't think they would have expected to go down uh, two games running against the Sparks this time of the season. Simo, um, just on that quickly with the Wellington Blaze, do you do you think that their talent should be uh, shared around a little bit while we're trying to build the women's game in New Zealand? Yeah, I've heard I've heard all sorts of you know sort of claims like that. Um, I guess I mean I understand why people would like to see that, but it also does a disservice to those who have grown up in Wellington, mm-hmm. who have been through the Wellington system. I mean, don't they have the right to represent their own association? Um, Look, they've just had a rich vein of form, haven't they? Mm. I guess if you took Tawa away from Wellington and maybe made it a part of another association, the talent might be shared around uh, when you think of uh, all the players that come yeah, out of that particular suburb of Wellington. Um, but uh, look, I don't know if that's the case. Now, I tend to balk at suggestions like that. I, I think it's up to other associations to look at what Wellington have got at their disposal and then ask themselves what they're doing uh, to build that kind of depth. Uh, and again, I, I look at the game on the weekend with the Hearts, not just, they didn't just win. I mean, they destroyed the Blaze at home yesterday. And so this is a Blaze team that, yes, I know they're missing the Kerrs. I know they're missing uh, Sophie Devine and others. Uh, but ultimately, if you, if you want to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And just sharing talent around, I don't think that does anything to enhance the game. I just think that's a cop-out, frankly. No, that's fair. That's fair. I like it. Strong points. That's what we like, Sumo. That's what we like on the drive show here. <laughs> yeah, Curse is all over that. She's nodding her head. She likes it. Hey, um, look, turning our heads to um, the men's game, obviously, a game going on at the moment. You've got the, the yep. Vaults taking on uh, the Magic, or sorry, Magic, jeez, I'm thinking the Kings. Of the Kings. <laughs> the Kings. Yeah. I just got on, the, the magicians in my head. Jeez, the I've been out the of Magic's gone back to back. Is there anything they can't do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry about that. They're playing the Kings at the moment, mate. Um, look, yeah, uh, this yeah. Otago 
seeing uh, sides being really, really solid. Um, the inclusion of yep. Dean Foxcroft this year for the Vaults has been um, one of the key indicators. Jack Gibson, uh, Jake Gibson, he he opened the batting in the last game. What a phenomenal yep. innings that was. Um, what what do you like about this Vault side, mate? And, and it looks like they've got the home final as well. Do you think they can go all the way this year? Yeah, well, they're going to have the home final if they manage to hold on today against Canterbury. And um, they've set a pretty imposing total. That game's currently in progress, of course. So uh, we won't know in, until the end of the game. Canterbury actually went in four points adrift, but with a superior run rate. Mm. So, um, you know, Canterbury can still get up and, and pip Otago for, for first spot. And obviously, a home advantage for the grand final. The way this tournament works, um, the top uh, qualification or women's second place team will host both elimination finals for the men and the top-ranked New Zealand side will host uh, the two finals, the grand finals. So, um, look, the Volts have just... I don't know what's that. I, I, I'm a huge fan of Hamish Rutherford. I'm a huge fan of just mm. how laid-back the guy is, and you know, and I think it's a real team-first mentality. And losing Broomie this year, Mitch, who you would know pretty well, um, you know, he was such a huge part of that team, as was Anaru Kitchen. They just found a couple of young bucks. I think just bought into what they're trying to be as a, as a cricket team. Mm. Started pretty slowly, but the back half of the tournament, uh, they've won the tight ones. They've won the games that probably got away from them before and certainly last year as well. I think that tie against, um, against the Aces, uh, where, you know, big Matty Bacon was pretty devastated because he went to 17 off the final over, but, you know, he didn't go for 18, and if he had, they lose that game. So they managed to share the points. And since then, they've just they've looked for all money like absolute world beaters. And I, I just think it's just a team that everyone knows their roles and know what they're doing. They believe in each other. They've got an outstanding pace bowler in Michael Ray, who's having a season to remember, mm. and, and then a real genuine spin whiz in, in Michael Rippon. Um, so they've got a couple of bowlers there who are taking poles, really crucial in T20 cricket, and, and then some guys who are, who are contributing all the time. Foxcroft's been unreal, and Jake Gibson with a breakthrough innings just a couple of days ago. That 96, mate, was, that was some hitting. Yeah, he was superb again today as well. He's, uh, I think he got another 70-odd yep. today. So uh, 75 off 48, so that's outstanding. Carried his bat through the whole inning. So impressive stuff from him. I, I always saw him as a bowling all-rounder, so uh, I was obviously wrong. <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was the press release when he came down to, to the vaults. So he's obviously putting that to shame. That's pretty awesome. That's what every bowler wants, yeah. mate, is to end up being an op- uh, opening batsman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So many of them are sitting there one day just dreaming of that moment, haven't they? But... Um, yeah, the all-rounders in this competition have been immense, and, and you've got to have good all-rounders. Um, and I, I think that's one of the things that I looked at the Flybirds this year, and, and they'll be pretty devastated because obviously it's not even gone their way and didn't go to their way yesterday with the Aces getting up over them. But, mm. you know, a young husband, and you won't find a more intense captain than Pete and someone who really believes in the cause like he does, taking over from braces this season. But, you know, you've just got to have players who are contributing both bat and ball, and you know, we've seen you know great performances, bowling performances from the likes of Smudge Smith and, and Logan Van Beek, but just haven't quite combined with the bat as they might have done last year. Um, so, you know, when you've got when you've got your bowling all rounders in there, they genuinely have to be all rounders, and they've got to contribute. And that's a really tough gig, um, and it's hard to criticise when you when you've got two jobs to do in a cricket match. But um, ultimately, the teams I think with the all rounders firing on all cylinders is going to go a long way to winning this. Scotty, before we let you get back to the beautiful beach at Waipu Cove, uh, the international summer of cricket is almost back in New Zealand, just under two weeks yeah. until we take on England in that first test. How much are you looking forward to this? Baz taking on the Black Caps. <laughs> yeah, well, Baz won't be out on the field. So, And um, we all know how I feel about people getting too carried away with coaches. And look, we all love Baz. Um, we miss him in the commentary box, but it's the players who've got to do the damage, don't they? 
Look, New Zealanders have been starved for international cricket mm-hmm. this summer. It's just the way the schedule's worked out. Uh, and to have the storylines that go with this team, it's not just Baz, of course, from a New Zealand point of view. Um, obviously, Jake Bell's also mm-hmm. a part of that coaching setup with the spin coaching. Uh, so there's plenty of Kiwi interest here. I think Baz got the boys out pretty early so they can go to Queenstown and play some golf. <laughs> and maybe, maybe check out a Bloodstock sale or two as well while he was here. But look, now I'm going to mate, February 16. I, I think it'll be a sellout. Day night test. You know, great to have a pink ball test to start the series. And I think, look at the way England are flying at the moment. They're just playing brand of cricket that they love to play. It's succeeding for them at the moment. And New Zealand's under a lot of pressure. They're in a state of flux. There'll be no Trent Bolt. Uh, I don't think there'll be a Kyle Jameson for the first test. Um, so, look, I, it's going to be really interesting to see who they rely on, who they lean on, and, and who can deliver. Because I think there'll be a lot of pressure on this New Zealand side uh, to actually stand up and say we still believe in the way we play the game. And they don't want to get sucked in to what England are doing. They've just still got to be true to themselves. And, and there's a brand of cricket that got them all the way to the WTC last year. Mm. Um, they've just got to keep going and believing. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see whether they've got that belief. Um, and obviously it, it's a great place to play and watch cricket uh, at Bay Over on Mount Wanganui. So it's going to be a great occasion and, and the Basin will be no different. Feb 16, it all kicks off the two-match series between New Zealand and England. Scotty, thank you so much for your time uh, on this Waitangi weekend and have a fabulous rest of your day. I uh, love you to chat to you both. Thanks, guys.